Uh, Jack, Jack, quick moment of your time, please. How does it feel to finally discover the Villa Talks podcast? Mm, best day of my life. Great, there you have it. Back to you at the studio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Villa Talks podcast, another episode of Lockdown Lowdown, another episode where the team are a bit low at the moment, uh, a disappointing loss against Leicester City, a loss on the face of it, if you look at the stats, you know, a pretty close game, uh, but actually, if you watch the game, Chadzi, it was anything but a close game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a very disappointing day, I, for some reason I found myself yesterday morning not in my usual positive frame of mind going into a match. I, I could just see what was coming, especially given the the news that we're expecting Grealish not to play. And then when I saw the team, I must admit I was surprised that he hadn't hadn't shored it up a bit with maybe Nakamba and or Trezeguet. Um, you know, neither McGinn or Louise are, are naturally going to protect that back four and stop the likes of Madison getting at them. And it was sort of the first half just... Uh, unfurled exactly as I was expecting really they, they they dominated but the most disappointing thing was that we were just so slow there was no tempo no energy to our game and it was as if you know we felt like we didn't have anything to play for which is really disappointing you know if we're going to get beat better uh, by by a sort of better technical team and um, be outplayed and that's fine but it's really disappointing to see a team lack lack energy and lack Sort of um, something about them, which has been been the case for a couple of weeks, hasn't it? Obviously, Jack was a huge loss, um, but I think you know the psychological impact of missing Grealish is is just as important as his ability. It's not just his goals, his assists, etc., and ability to win fouls and everything we that we know we can do from a technical perspective, but. Having a world class player leading your team out gives everyone that bit of belief that you can you can win a game. And I just felt like the whole team yesterday didn't believe we could win that from the first kickoff. There was no no sense of urgency and a really disappointing day. Jugsy, I mean Smith alluded to it in his uh, post match conference about the first half especially. Um, we just didn't do the basics right, did we? And I think on midfield, I mean, was did it seem out of balance to you? What were your thoughts on the first half? Yeah, I think um, I'd agree with Smith. I think we were slow out the blocks, really, and that set the tone for that first half. And I think in midfield, I think we called out for Nakamba starting just because he's got more sort of defensive instincts. And that's the sort of player you need when you've got Madison picking up positions in between the lines. And it's an area where we've struggled all season, where players have picked up that position and we've struggled really because Dougie's done a good job and he's good on the ball, but he's not a natural defensive midfielder and he does get drawn out of position. And I think that was an example for the first goal really. And and again, the defenders probably didn't cover themselves in in glory. I think... um, a couple of occasions their their positioning wasn't great. So it was quite frustrating really because it echoed um, the performances of last season, the defence, I thought. Um, although I thought Mings had a pretty solid game, um, I think his positioning, I think especially for that first goal, uh, was questionable. And I think with Mings, he does block a lot of shots. So I think that position that he takes up quite deep is, is, is deliberate. But when... Madison gets in that position, he's got to go and, and engage him. And Ming's strength is one-on-one defending. I mean, there's not many players that get past him and he's always got the recovery pace, really. So 
I feel I understand why he picks up that position and this may be something that Smith's asked him to do or John Terry's maybe asked him to do but I just feel like it's we've lost goal, a couple of goals in that position this season so you should have really engaged him early on and in the first place I think Alma and Conte go for the same header again uh, which I thought wasn't great because there's just lack of communication and Alma didn't really have the best of games either but it's just stuff like Leicester took a quick throw in. We weren't in position. Dougie got attracted to the ball high up the pitch. So there's a number of areas. And I know you can say that the finish was good and Martinez got a hand to it and, and yeah, it was unfortunate. But it started way early than that for me and just summed up the, the first half performance, I think. Yeah, I mean, one thing that Jugsy didn't mention there, which was highlighted in the um, in the analysis that Sky Sports did, was, was Barkley tracking back for that first goal. Uh, ambling back and I know we're going to talk about it we talked about it last time um, you know a player who was really highly thought of came to Villa started with a bang uh, before he got injured you know every pretty much every Villa fan would be saying you know let's sign him whatever it takes this is a really key player for us it's completely flipped now um, over these last few weeks and these last sort of eight games or so <laughs> Chazzy I mean what 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 is your thoughts on, on the Barkley situation because again you know, his first half performance was fairly poor. He had a few bright moments here and there, but his general work rate, his pressing, the tracking back for that first goal, you know, there's a lot of criticism that can be levelled at him. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on him at the moment? Yeah, I, I backed him last week and I did. I tweeted out, you know, along the lines of, I've been there myself trying to come back from an injury and it does take a long time. So, you know, I, I was prepared to give him give him time to get up to get up to speed in terms of his his touch and his finishing, his ability to influence play. But you know, the, there are some non negotiables in in professional sport, and hundred percent effort is one of them. And you know, not getting back to stop that Madison shot, and I think even the second goal he could have done better, or at least had a bit more urgency about him. And, and I just think that is, that is I wouldn't say unforgivable, that's probably a, a bit of a stretch, but there's something not quite right there, is there, in terms of his motivation or his mentality that needs addressing, really. Because when when your talisman is injured, you look to other players like Barkley, who have got high profile and played up at sort of the, the higher tier teams around Chelsea and Everton and come with a reputation. He's played for England. Uh, and that's they're the guys you look to, you know. That that's who you look to to make an impact on the game. And when he's not even putting in a shift, that's when it can rub on the rest of the team. And um, you know, any more sort of instances like that, and I, I'm prepared to jump on the bandwagon a little bit because um, it's just not right to be not not tracking back. So it's an odd one, really, because when he's getting subbed off on the 65, 70 minutes mark, he looks absolutely knackered. So. He must be putting some effort in, but I think it's more down to fitness, really. Maybe his fitness levels are not up to the standard that we need. And maybe he, yeah, blows out after sort of the first half an hour. So maybe that's something because you can put it down to lack of desire, but I think it's a fitness issue. It's been, what, six six weeks now? I don't know how many weeks, four weeks, five weeks since he's been back. And he's played, I know he understood he hasn't trained and he's played a lot of games. But, I mean, can it be fitness, really? I don't know. I'm not blaming his injury. I'm, I'm blaming his professional footballer fitness levels like he's not fit enough. Maybe he needs to get up to a decent level because, let's be honest, that second half, when he's come off the pitch, he looks absolutely knackered. He's obviously tried to put a shift in. There's no doubt about that because no one would be in that state if they didn't, if that makes sense. But he's having little impact on matches and he's not pressing. There's no urgency about his play. 
So I can't see where that difference lies for me. I, I feel like he's not as fit as the rest of the team and maybe they do fitness tests and he might come out the bottom, but it just looks to me like he's a bit more leggy than, than any of our other players. So maybe that's the issue. And that's obviously it might be down to a bit on, on desire, but maybe he's just not at the, the required fitness level for the, for the elite level. Uh, it reminds me, I mean, Chadzi, I said this before in another pod on, on the Villa View when I was on there last last time. And uh, I said he reminds me a bit like Stephen Island, not in terms of ability, because obviously Stephen Island is, uh, and Barkley is a much better player than Stephen Island, but in terms of how they impact a game on the pitch where they do a lot of running, they work in terms of their general, you know, covering the, the blade of grass, covering every blade of grass, but they don't actually have an impact when it comes to tackling or doing something with the ball. You know, there was a few mo- moments in that first half, especially where, you know, they would they would break through, beat our press, uh, and then be sort of running out of defence. And he'd be running behind, trying to track back. And, you know, like someone like Nakamba or someone else would probably put a foot in and try and nick the ball, but he wouldn't do that. He'd just sort of run alongside them. I don't really understand what that's about. I mean, do you think we need a different a different kind of player in that position now a bit more maybe 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 pushing McGinn higher up yeah maybe and I think like you say comparing the two it's a mentality thing you know if he was good enough to be a top six player he wouldn't be out on loan to us so it's it's, it's where your ambitions lie really isn't it if if we want to push and become a top six club again then yeah we need players that are good enough to do it at the very top level if we want to sit between 8th and 15th, Ross Barkley is plenty good enough to play for Aston Villa. He's influenced enough games. He's won us enough points to, to finish between 8th and 15th this season already. You know, he's got three or four goals. He's got a couple of winners. That'll do us if that's our ambition. But yeah, I totally agree. It, it's a mentality thing. And, you know, it, it's it's strange. How long do you keep backing him? Obviously, Smith likes him. The coaching, the coaching staff like him. I don't believe all these rumours that we're contractually obliged to play him. I don't think we're naive enough to have built that into any sort of deal. But he's obviously doing something right uh, Monday to Friday to be getting selected. Um, And he's also playing in a team that's a bit low on confidence at the minute as well. You know, it's not like we're creating loads of chances. We've got loads of ball. McGinn and Louise aren't playing very well next to him. So there's, there's there's a lot to sort of throw in the mix. But patience is running a bit thin. But on that, on the midfield then, um, you mentioned McGreen and Louise. And again, I mean, Louise, one of my favourite players, uh, you know, great, you know, he's sort of come back from a, a poor start to his Villa career, but he's had a really poor few weeks now. Uh, McGinn, again, has been inconsistent, although I thought he actually he was, he was pretty decent uh, yesterday. I thought he was one of our better players. But again, the midfield, just that, that balance that we seem to have early on in the season, the first half of the season, which was working and we had the right mix of players, isn't working now. What what would you do, Jugsy, to change that, to to influence that? Do we think we need to bring the Canberra, Santon in, Ramsey in? How, do you, how would you look to change it going forward now? Yeah, I, I mean, I thought yesterday with the, with the two eights where Barkley played a bit deep, I thought we were a bit more solid, but then it affected us from an attacking perspective because we weren't as dangerous and it took a while to get support to Watkins so it's one of those where you can't have the best of both worlds but I think yeah I mean we need to change it we need to freshen it up I think Louise needs to come out of the team for me I think he goes missing occasionally and, and is in a bad run of form and I think with McGinn the one thing you can't knock is his desire and effort even if he's having a bad game and he misplaces two or three passes he'll put a shift in and give 100% and sometimes obviously that that might be enough and other times it's not but 
yeah, he's a player that you want in the team because he's got that all, all round package. And for me, I thought Sanson again looked looked bright when he came on. So, I mean, maybe Sanson and McGinn as two eights with Nakamba supporting, or Ramsey again looked bright as well. And I think Ramsey will offer a bit more physical presence up the up the pitch and put himself about a bit. And I thought Ramsey looked looked quite sharp when coming on as well. So he could be an option in the ten. Um, but I don't know, maybe McGinn needs a rest. So it's just one of those where we don't want to run down McGinn when we've got Jack missing because then he'll be another another big miss for us. So I think a combination out of them, them four players for the next few games will, will be what I'll, I'd go for. I think um, we've sort of got stuck in between two tactics, really. I think as much as personnel, we talked about last week how I think we've learned our lesson from last season against the likes of Leicester. We haven't necessarily given... Jamie Vardy, loads of space to run in behind. So our four, our back four, naturally are very deep most games now, and but we still try and press high up the pitch in that front third. And then sometimes there is a big gap between. We talked about it last week. If the front three don't win it, there's a big gap then between a deep line midfield, which is fine and it's worked well for us. We kept plenty of clean sheets. Whereas sometimes, like games like yesterday, we get stuck in between the two. Where for the first goal, McGinn was high up the pitch. Barkley was high up the pitch and Louise was on the halfway line. And it's like the back four have stayed deep, but the midfield have gone. And then Madison, Tielemans, Barnes have just crept into that space in the middle. And that's exactly where that first goal came from. So it doesn't really matter whether it's Ramsey, Louise, Nakamba, whoever. It's more what are they told to do from a pressing perspective. And and yesterday, McGinn seemed to be flying up to, to support the front third press. And we were completely exposed. You know, first forty minutes, it was just, it was just a bit shambolic to be honest. The amount of times they got into that pocket of space between the midfield and back four. I mean, well, you say, I mean, say that, but um, is that person, is that the actual personnel, or is that tactic? So, if, if Smith is saying that's that's our tactic, we press, we press from the front, and they're not doing it, the players not doing it, then you need to change players that are going to do it. So, for example, Smith has said that Sanson is Sanson is very tactically aware. Uh, he mentioned that a few times in, in when we signed him. So maybe that's something we need to think about. Uh, you know, bringing someone in who who knows who understands tactics, who knows where, what positions to take up, and maybe can organise the midfield a little bit better. I don't know. I mean, it's difficult. I, I get it. You know, we've um, we've been in sort of inconsistent these last few weeks, and it's, it's a loss. You're always going to be thinking about the negatives when you when you lose. But you know, we've still got we've still picked up points when we've been inconsistent. So that's that's important to to remember. And this midfield is has won us plenty of points as well in the past. Exactly. And let's 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 not forget Leicester second, maybe third and after the United game on merit. They're a really good side. If you put together a Villa and Leicester combined eleven, there's not many Villa players getting in that team, especially without Grealish knocking about. So we've lost to a much better team and and in the end we made a game of it in that sort of last half an hour. So it's not like we're we're here analysing a a 2-0 defeat to Crystal Palace. Leicester are going to finish in the Champions League places. They've got a deep squad. They've got a brilliant manager who's, you know, in, at the elite level, in my opinion. And it's not a disaster, but it is sort of um, a lot of things that we could identify that are becoming a bit frustrating and things to work on. But, you know, on, on the whole, it's still, still a lot of progress from a wider perspective. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that needs to be taken into account and, and remembered as well. Uh, Jugsy, you know, we've talked about that we were worried about a performance like this because we have been inconsistent and there's been a few glaring issues that we we can see. But then at the same time, if we say that about previous performances, what do you take from the second half performance, which was completely different to the first half? 
do you think that was because of change of personnel in the second half with the substitutions, a change of attitude, or do you think it was more Leicester taking their foot off the gas? I think it was a bit of all, actually, to be honest. I thought we started off the second half brightly and that goal um, was a nice bit of play. So I think our Garzian target linked up quite well on the left and it was a great ball in. But I think the real positive was we had three or four people in the box. And Watkins, to be fair to him, was a threat all game. He, he did his job yet again. He was one of our most consistent performers, as always, really. So, again, it was difficult for Algarzi and Troy to get into the game. We didn't have much of the ball. And I thought Troy in that second half was a lot better when he did get the ball. He was a bit more flexible with his position. Rather than staying out on that right-hand side, he came central, came to the left, and that's how we got our goal, first goal. But I think one thing that concerned me slightly was we scored that goal. And, again, when Chadzi alluded to earlier about Jack's leadership, if Jackson that pitch, he'd be getting at the regrouping the lads, saying, "Come on, let's go now. Let's get another goal." Or we were in this, and I think we lacked that. It doesn't. There didn't seem to be much urgency from that that goal. Maybe maybe we thought we'll stay in the game here, and then maybe nick another goal to get a draw in the last ten or fifteen minutes. But I didn't see much sort of response from the from the team. I mean, there wasn't much celebration. So I understand, obviously, we didn't have a great first half, but. There was, yeah, maybe a bit of leadership on the pitch. One of the players to say, come on, lad, McGinn maybe, I don't know, to say, come on, lads, let's go for it now or we're in this game. We've given ourselves a chance. Let's keep the tempo up. And I think one of the things that I'd probably say as, as a negative, I think with, with Smith, obviously, he's made massive strides this season, but I think his in-game management hasn't been great, I don't think, over the last few weeks. I think we've just tried to keep it the same style, the same playing style, done subs like for like. And it hasn't really had a little impact on games. And I think yesterday the game sort of just, yeah, just just ran out of steam for us. We didn't really create much. I know we had one header with Mings in the last couple of minutes, but we didn't feel like we we're going to create much much of a chance. So I feel like with the top coaches like Brendan Rodgers, they, they sort of suss us out or can see out games against us. Well, I think they, they knew how to sort of play against us and maybe see out the result. I know he went quite defensive with about three former defensive midfielders, but I felt like Keenan Davis is on, on the bench. Why not move Watkins to the left instead of Trezeguet and put Davis up front for the last 15, 20 minutes? Just gives us an option B. Let's let's play long ball. Let's just try something different because what we're trying is not working. We're not creating chance after chance. And Trezeguet, uh, bless him, as much as he has effort, he hasn't got that, that quality in that final third, let's be honest. I mean, if he does something... He's usually good with his finishing, but he's not great at crossing or creating chances and things like that. I don't really rate him from a technic, uh, technical perspective. So I think that's the sort of one negative I had on that second half. I'm not sure if what you lads think. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree with some of that definitely. I, I, th- I do think it was more positive performance, and I, I was quite impressed with Sanson and Ramsey. I think they made a difference. Um, it's hard to know with with Leicester. They did try and see the game out. I think they. You know, but as you mentioned, the defensive midfielders they brought on, etc. You know, it, it was it was a fairly comfortable victory for them in the end. But I did think you know Ramsey had 100% success rate, 15 passes, 15 passes completed. Santon looked good, got around the pitch well. So I think we can take a few positives out of that. But again, Keenan Davis, you mentioned that we've mentioned it a few times now. I, I don't I don't really see the point of having you on the bench if you're not going to use him for the games where we've needed him against Brighton. You know, that's a, the way that game was going. You know, he's he's made. He's picture perfect for that game. He's picture perfect for this game, you know, just to impact the game. Otherwise, what's the point of having him? Um, I don't really understand. One thing we haven't mentioned, Chadzi, was uh, was uh, the was um, the back four, uh, but in particular was the uh, Elmo right back and missing cash. Uh, I think, yes, you know, Grealish 
from an attacking perspective and leadership perspective was missing. But I think really Cash as well, the right back, he he sets the tone for our team, I think, at times with his intense pressing and, and the way he tries to nick, nick the ball off the attackers. We didn't have that with Elbow. Uh, and and, th- and fair to say, Elmo, who rarely ever lets us down, didn't have his best game, did he? No, it wasn't his best game. We talked about it last week. We were a bit worried about Harvey Barnes, the form he's in, the pace he's got. Expels, exposing Elmo with probably not a huge amount of support to be relied on from from Traore. And that first half, it, it did did come true really. Um, Elmo didn't look sharp. You know, give him a couple of games, and and I'm sure he'll be up to speed. But it's not the not the easiest of challenges to come in and play play your first game in a long time. So we did get a bit exposed. We definitely didn't miss Matty Cash's energy. Um, but you know we've got to be able to cope with cope with injuries if we want to be a successful team. You you look at the amount of injuries Leicester have had this season; it's been absolutely remarkable as a comparison. So we've been relatively lucky, to be honest. So um, yeah, I think it was a factor. And again, just to stress it, I would have definitely had Trezeguet in front of him, supporting him. But um, you you've got to find a place in the team for Traore when he's probably our most creative player without Jack. So. Yeah, it is definitely definitely an impact, and the the sooner Matty Cash gets back, the better. But you know, I saw some people saying yesterday he was <laughs> a bigger loss than Grealish, and it, it did make me laugh to be honest, because the impact Jack has with and without the ball, and just as a just as a leader that we spoke about, is you can't write, you can't sort of put a price on it, and it was a bit of a glimpse into a pretty bleak future for <laughs> Aston Villa for the the day that he does eventually leave. Let's not talk about that, Chad. Let's not talk about that. Um, again, Smith mentioned about Jack. Actually, he was um, he was a bit he was a bit pissed off with the leak. Uh, you know, we I think quite a few of us had messages or seen on Twitter about Jack being injured potentially. Everything I saw, everything from a broken leg to shin splints to hamstring injury. You know, obviously all the rumours were circulating, but it was obvious that he was going to miss the game. And and obviously, I think Brendan Rodgers knew that as well. Uh, but I think Smith can put that down to his own players uh, taking him out of the fancy Premier League team. I think that's where the bulk of it started from. So I don't really think you can mind too much about insiders. But anyway, that that is what it is. I mean, uh, it's one of those games, isn't it? It's, you know, Chadzi's mentioned, you know, Leicester are an amazing side, but I think it was more, people are not disappointed with the actual result. I think on the face of it, 2-1 to Leicester is not a terrible result. Um, but it's more the fact that first half, uh, that first yeah, uh, 20 and minutes. we haven't really talked about the second goal. I think the most frustrating thing is that it was preventable. It's it's not like Leicester have come and absolutely battered us, and it was men against boys. That second goal was from a throw in. All three of our midfielders were right over by the touchline. Louise Barkley and McGinn were all by the touchline where the throw in was, and he's just seen a late run from Tielemans. He's thrown it over Barkley's head, and he's bypassed all three of our midfielders running at our back four. And that is the sort of thing that after lockdown last year, oh sorry, after the um, restart last season, we 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 cut that sort of thing out, didn't we? We were so solid. We knew all of our roles. Every time there was a set play or the ball went off the pitch, it looked like we found our shape quite quickly and everyone knew their game. Whether it's mental fatigue or, or not, we just seem to have just switched off a little bit in the last couple of weeks. So it is the type of thing that can be easily corrected that, um, which is a positive that I'll take. And I'd say we're getting more time to plan for games. So we've got more time on the training pitch. Leicester had a game on Thursday in the Europa League and they seemed like they were better prepared and had better fitness levels than us, which is a concern. So what we're doing in that week, prepping for games, surely 
there should be sort of improvements in in how we're playing or our form or, or changes in in our tactics really and we're not seeing that really and we've got a, a tough run of games now and we've got they're going to be sort of every, a game a week now with potentially we're not sure about Jack's injury so I want to see a bit more really I think um, obviously there's going to be changes with personnel but I mean I know this four three three has been working for us and we've we've switched it with the with the three in midfield with two eights and, and a ten. So I think that'll be the only sort of tactic that will change. I think we'll keep the two two wingers, but we just need to get the balls to the wingers because Al Ghazi was okay, I thought. He looked like a threat from that left hand side and Troy got more into the game as well, but we just didn't get the get the ball enough to them, I thought. So it's something that we need to work on getting better possession because we've struggled with that in the last couple of games. Yeah, we have. Yeah, we, you're right. We have, and uh, it's a shame. You know, it's it's a it's a weird one from a team who, the first half of the season, everyone knew their positions, everyone knew their roles, everyone was working together. We were so solid, and it's completely it's been a completely different few weeks for us. And you hope it's not like a typical. You see it every year, don't you, in the Premier League, where you see a team who will who will just fly. Normally, it's a promoted team. Like Sheffield United last year, or or a team you know, near the bottom where they would just fly and they'll have a really good season. But then, as soon as they reach that point where they know they're safe or you know they've they've done well, they'll start to drop off. The performances start to drop off, and you'll see that sort of gradual decline towards the end of the season. I hope that's not going to be us. And you know, we have to remember as well we're in the, we're in the middle of a of a rebuild. Uh, and and again, it's probably a bit like the promotion season and getting promoted a year early. You know, we're ahead of target, which obviously rises. Uh, means that expectations are raised and and fans with those raised expectations think differently about a loss against Leicester uh, compared to what they would have done, say, a year ago. So we have to remember that. Before we touch on the Leeds game, just quickly, I want to just read a few comments out and then we'll quickly go into Leeds game and a quick five minutes on that before then. Uh, Lizard Man, it's been coming. We have to find a way to adapt and it's not obvious how that will be achieved with the players we have. Lots to enjoy already this year, but we appear to have run out of steam and ideas already, which is sort of the point I was talking about. Boise, not the worst result, just we all knew how the game would go when the team was announced. No attempt to stifle Madison and Barnes. If we played ourselves, would we double up on Jack? I don't think so. I think we know the answer to that. Just not good enough against the top players in this league. Uh, Andy Keenan, we had a good season, but we were too inconsistent, not stringing results together at the moment. We don't know what we're going to get from one week to the next. Paul Williams, why do we need Dean? Why do we think Dean kept with players that have been underperforming? when he has options to improve us. And what is the obsession with Elmo, who's simply not good enough at this level, has been for years, which is why we got him in the champ. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the point about underperforming players is a good one. Elmo, you know, I think he's, he's rarely let us down, even in the Prem. So I can see why he played, but I think maybe, you know, he's what, 34 years old now. So it's a difficult one, isn't it? Uh, Jess, our great start season has risen. The expectations are large parts of the fan base. Although we haven't played well since coming back from COVID, we are still sat in eighth with gains now. Not much is lost and still good season for us. A bit of perspective needed. In terms of recent performances, the midfielders are down for. We do not need to control. We do not control games. We do not work hard enough in the middle. Doesn't need to be mixed up. I think so. We need some energy and athleticism even more. Jack missing. Completely agree with all of that. Bip Lam, now that we're safe, I don't mind a few games like Jack just to see if we can develop a plan B. Uh, Miller Together podcast. Oh, no, he's agreed with that. Sorry. Uh, Nick Carver, same problems midfield week after week at the moment. Uh, more defensive system, hit teams on the break. Uh, we aren't currently good enough to play 4 3 3. Also, can we swap Barkley for Ruben Loftus cheek? Interesting one. I remember we had that conversation in the beginning of the season, didn't we, about who we would rather have. Um, it's changed now. After first half of the season, we all said Barkley would look a much better player than Ruben Loftus cheek. Now, Ruben Loftus cheek is. Is banging form, um, but anyway, let's let's touch on the Leeds game then. Uh, Jugsy, your thoughts on on the Leeds game are going to be a difficult one. You know, they absolutely battered us 
in the in the reverse fixture uh, and the only team to have done so for a large part of the season until until recently what it's going to be an interesting one what would you look to change how would you look to approach it how would you set up if you were Dino yeah I think um, it's, it's a big game for us and they did a job on us um, at home so I don't know I think Dino will be in, into the lads really I think we just need to start the game um, with a high tempo um, I think Leeds will be their usual selves high energy trying to play one-twos around us and getting their full-backs to support um, their front players and I feel from from a tactical perspective, I think Nakamba will probably definitely start that type of game. I think he'll give us that sort of st- stability in the middle. I think um, he might go with Sanson and McGinn, I think, as two eights and maybe keep the front three as it is. That's what I think Smith will do. Um, maybe it's, I'm not sure if it's a game for Ramsey as a 10. I think it'd be a tough one for Ramsey to have an impact on. But I think with Barkley on the bench, I think that's quite positive for us because it gives us a good option off the bench to impact a game. You've got somebody who's got a bit of quality about them, can play a number of roles, and yeah, give us a, gives us a positive option off the bench, which is which is good because we we lack that at the minute. I think Almo um, up against Jack Harrison, I think that'd be another sort of Harvey Barnes type of game where Jack Harris is quite direct and he does get a lot of the ball leads to try and get it to him early so he'll be a threat and I think Target who was again great uh, against Leicester I think him up against Rafina. Rafina is a bit more flexible with his position I think Rafina is a standout player for me I, I really like him and I think I mentioned that I would have maybe have gone for him instead of Traore but yeah I, I quite like him I think he's, he's quite a dangerous player but yeah Leicester I, think, I mean sorry Leeds will be their usual selves but it's just whether we can be on the front foot and looked at look to win that game. I don't think we need to worry about Leeds Leeds's playing style too much, but just back ourselves and be positive and and again try and win win the battle battle in midfield. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I would agree with that. I think it's, it's going to be a really difficult game. I think Leeds are a bit more streetwise than they were when we played them first time. Um, I've seen them play a few times recently, and they, uh, you know, they, they seem to a bit a bit more control of how they play now. I think uh, with still that dangerous ability that they have on the break as well. So it's going to be a, definitely a difficult game, and um, you know they're, they're not that many points behind us as well. So from their perspective, they're obviously looking to to win the game and close that gap as well. Um, Dean Smith, uh, just I've just seen a, a quote from Dean Smith on Barkley, Chadzi, uh, and and I will touch on the midfield as well and how you would look to change it. Uh, it's uh, Dean Smith says it's a long way off the mark to say things aren't working out for him. His numbers have been really good in terms of his output on the pitch, and we have to remember he's been out for seven weeks and then had to play games to recapture that fitness. Now, I'm not really sure about what to think of that quote. Really, uh, I mean, his numbers. I don't. I don't know what numbers he's referring to. Is he number referring to his work off the ball? Is he referring to his chances created? I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, but I mean, what one goal? And that's it. It's all in the last seven weeks. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you talk about. Chadzi, I mean, would you would you start Barkey? Would you do what Jugsy just said about the midfield? What what, what would you look um, to do? I'd, I'd be 4-2-3-1. I'd have Nakamba and McGinn sitting in front of that back four, nice and tight, not letting them um, expose our back four, not letting them run at our back four so that they can back off and let them get shots in. Um, so I'd look to be just really solid with that four and two. Have a roaming 10 or roaming eight that just supports the two if required but can can stretch the play when we get an opportunity on the break and whether that is um, Ramsey, Barkley, Traore could probably play that central role 
I don't think any of them can offer the type of acceleration and speed to get us up the pitch quickly that that Grealish can do on the left-hand side. So I'd stick with El Ghazi on the left because I just think we'll be under a lot of pressure and El Ghazi's got the skill and pace to get us up the pitch quickly, which no one else has really. You know, Trezeguet is quick but doesn't take the ball with him. Traore has got great skill but always has to come back on himself because he hasn't really got the speed to, to get away. So as many players as we can get in that side that can can stretch leads the other way and not let them get back into shape when they lose the ball, the better for me. Um, but we haven't got a huge amount of options. You know, do do you throw Ramsey in there and and give him that opportunity to stretch leads um, and, and drop Barkley? I think that'll be a massive call from Smith. And it's not like we're at critical stage where Smith needs to start making big calls. We're well on track to have a very good season. Uh, you know, we're eighth with games in hand, like you talked about. So I don't think there'll be anybody inside the club who's thinking we've got to make big changes. We're, we're, we're doing well. We're in, we're in a tough patch of form, despite still picking up points in the last month or two. Um, so, yeah, let, let's see what Smith does. But are we... Are we in a difficult run of performances? Yes. Are, are we a poor team without Grealish? Not poor, but significantly um, yeah, worse without Grealish, yes. But is Dean Smith doing a brilliant job and should have our unconditional support no matter what? Yes. Always always positive, Chadzi. I like it. Always positive. Uh, right, quick predictions then and we'll close off. Jugsy? Go for a draw. Score a draw. 1-1. Score a draw. Chad? He's thinking. He's thinking. It's coming hard. Three nil, four nil, six nil. No, Jack. No party is all I'm going to say. I'm afraid. Uh, I actually, I, I'm actually really confident about the Leeds game for some reason. I wasn't confident like you, Chad, with the Leicester game. And in fact, that first ten minutes, I thought it was going to be another Man City from last season. So I'm glad we didn't get battered. But I'm, I, for some reason, I'm really confident about the Leeds game. I just think we've got a really good performance in us against them. Okay, I'll just, go three nil. Yes, Chadzi. Talk me around. Good. I think I think it's coming, mate. I think it's coming. Positive. Let's see. Let's see where we are. We'll, 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 we'll come back to this. I'll quote this. I'll, I'll, I'll clip this for the next week's show and see how see how we get on. But I'm going to go for three 0 as well. That's that's what I'm going for. Right. Thanks, boys. Thanks for your time as always. Uh, pleasure to uh, unload uh, after a, a poor performance. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed that as much as you can in this uh, it, when when we lose a game. But some interesting points raised, I think, by by both the, the guys and also the listeners as well. And uh, we'll see, be interested to see how we bounce back against Leeds next week. Uh, but thanks for your time. Thanks for listening. As always, subscribe and follow us if you haven't already. Leave a review and rating on Apple if you if you can. It helps us out a lot. And apart from that, up the villa. Go on, Dino. Go again, lads. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it.